Welcome to the City Life Podcast. I'm Danae Jones and I'm here today with WGC lawyers John Hayward and we're talking about sexual harassment. Welcome to the show, John. Thanks for having me today. So sexual harassment, we've all heard about it, but what really is it in a legal sense? Sexual harassment's any unwelcome conduct of a sexual nature that um, offends or humiliates or intimidates another person. So it includes uninvited physical contact, uh, touching in any sort of sexual way, um, uninvited propositions or uninvited remarks or other comments. So John, is it a big problem now more so than ever before? Um, it seems to be. There was a very thorough recent Australia-wide survey that found that in the last five years, one in three people had been sexually harassed uh, in the workplace and 85% of women had just been harassed in their general lives during that period. Those are huge numbers. Mm. Wow. Do you think that it's because there's far more media attention put on it these days or do you think it's because all of a sudden there's a different expectation amongst women and the community? Um, possibly both. I suppose there is a lot more media attention and a lot more awareness and education about what's appropriate and what's not. I think the other thing, Danae, is that community expectations have probably changed. What was acceptable or more commonplace in decades past, even if it wasn't necessarily appropriate, um, is now clearly seen to be unacceptable and is no longer tolerated. So if an employee harasses someone, that doesn't mean that the business owner is then responsible though, does it? Uh, well it can, um, even if the employer doesn't necessarily know about it or is aware of the misconduct, uh, employers can still be responsible both you know, morally but also financially for the acts of their employees. Wow. So I guess it pays for business owners to actually make sure they've got correct policies in place. Absolutely. So what can happen if there's been sexual harassment in my workplace, for instance? Um, I suppose there's a number of things that can happen. You know, from a legal point of view, the person who's been harassed can bring a claim, can bring court proceedings, and that can result in you know, compensation or penalties that are imposed upon the business, not just the offender, but the business itself. The second thing, Danae, isn't strictly a legal outcome, but you can have all sorts of consequences in the workplace. So you can have higher rates of people taking sick leave, uh, higher staff turnover, low morale, but in a small town like Cairns as well, um, your business can also suffer reputational damage because people will know that there's been problems in that workplace with sexual harassment. Definitely, and I think it's so important then for the business owners and managers to make sure that there's those policies in place to make sure that that culture doesn't fester. That's quite correct, Danae. I think there's actually three things that businesses should do to try and avoid having sexual harassment occur in their workplace. Um, the first one, as you've mentioned, is actually having you know policies, very clear statements that set out what's acceptable and what's not acceptable in the workplace. The second thing is to, well, not just have that policy sit on the shelf, but to have training to ensure that you know new staff members are inducted from the outset in relation to the sexual harassment policies that your business has, but also to have ongoing training. Um, and the third thing is the culture of the business. 
um, as we all know, the culture is sort of set from the top down, so it's important for the owners and managers to set a good example. The same rules apply to them as they rules apply to all employees. So it's really that, that three-fold approach, having good policies, having training and having a good workplace culture. So what are some of the compensation amounts that people have been awarded in some of these claims? I think they vary, Danae, depending upon the circumstances, but what we have seen is that community expectations have changed about what's appropriate and what's not, and so the amount of compensation that's been awarded has adjusted to sort of reflect those changes. So depending upon the circumstances where, for example, someone suffers a severe psychological or mental health injury, then the amount of compensation that can be awarded can run into the tens if not hundreds of thousands of dollars. So I guess what would be your key message for people out there in relation to sexual harassment? Well, I think we all need to acknowledge that expectations and community standards have changed and that we need to be mindful of what's appropriate in you know, 2021. Uh, if you're in any doubt about saying or doing something, then you probably shouldn't say or do it. Fair enough. Good advice. Thanks for joining us, John. We really appreciate your oh, time. Pleasure, Danae. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in. If you'd like any more information about sexual harassment or any of the tips that John has shared with us, you can find it at citylifemedia.com.au or feel free to reach out to the experienced team at WGC Lawyers.